We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Oxford Exxon Podcast, Chase Parm, Neil McCready is in the Clark Ford Studio. I am in my office this morning as uh, we have an early morning. Ole Miss football starting today. Practice viewing for uh, the media around 9, 30, 10 o'clock this morning. So just getting started a touch early on the podcast and getting out there as soon it's, as It's possible. 9.45 is what time the viewing begins. But listen, I, I, I think it's imperative to get out there at 9, like form, formulate the team, get the team together, and uh, get, a, get, a, get a plan in place, in place to plan today. For, this is a big day. Listen, they're going to practice in shorts today, and, and, and this is a day that you're going to be able to make. I don't know, 100 observations. You're going to be able to get 30, 40 content items. This is going to be a big day. Big day. Maybe have a maybe have a video analysis of the first practice. You really dive into what you saw. Put it in context. My ear, my Did air, anything my, shock my, you from that yesterday? My AirPods are fully charged. They're ready for today. I've got a couple of podcasts lined up as I take my notes and keep my distance from humanity. Oh, what do you do? You podcast while you're watching you can uh, you can yeah yeah near out the other kind yeah of, yeah uh, kind of you know like Rosillo or something where i you know it's not if i miss if i miss it doesn't really matter you're just hearing somebody talk if i miss 10 minutes it's going to be okay yeah we uh there was a few errors yesterday in a in a group text Niels. yeah it's commenting an, on there. it's an inside uh, joke um, yeah, and, and then the one thing that we will not do today, and I know other people will, and 99.9% of you appreciate us for it, the 0.1% that don't, I'm really sorry, but I'm trust me when I tell you that this is one of the few things that makes the staff like us. We will not put a depth chart out today. It's true. Other people will put out a depth chart. People's family members will see that depth chart. It will cause chaos. I, that is something. Is that, is that fairly new? Which part? That the depth chart does actually create situations where coaches have to answer questions to parents and people and whatnot. I, but we never really talked about that pre like 
2017, 18 for sure. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where that, it is a fairly new phenomenon, but I've heard it consistently now for a while that it leads to phone calls and stuff and it leads to having to deal with things that they weren't trying to deal with. And the, the truth is the whole idea of a depth chart really is you're, it, it, it should be more of who's in the rotation as opposed to who's in the depth chart. Who's like, it's not, are you a starting wide receiver? It's, are you one of the six receivers in the rotation? Because if you are, you're going to play. Probably about as much as the guy that starts. If you're not in the rotation, well, now you have. You're not playing at all. Now you're probably not playing at all because they're not getting you ready on game week. Yeah, almost every position has sort of, hey, this is the line that separates I actually get on the field barring injury or anything versus not at, at that point. Yeah. It's, yeah. And and Dwight in the thread says our lads produce a depth chart. They do. And our lads doesn't cover practice and they're not at the facility ever. And they're not accountable for the chaos that, that they create when they do that. And they, and I think most people don't take them particularly seriously on their depth chart because they're guessing. There will be people who will go to practice today and who will try to observe who worked with the quote first unit. And that will create problems. And it's August the second. They play one month from today, literally one month yeah. from uh, from today. So, yeah. The truth, right, we'll the, 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 the truth is, you can't you can't dive into like even trying to guess for a couple of weeks because Scrimmage. the first co- well, the first week or two, they they'll do a lot of experimenting with stuff. See what it looks like. Yeah. Well, hey, what is this? What does this grouping look like? What is this? If we moved him here, what would he look like there? They might try that for a couple of days and they go, ah, that didn't work. Put him back. Or, oh, that works. Okay, let's adjust this. They've got some time. You're not you're not diving into the Mercer game prep. Yeah, you're doing hockey lines in a way. Hey, what do these three dudes as a unit look like? Yeah. What does this look like? How's this, how's this go? Something like that. So, anyway, Oxford Exxon, Oxford Exxon podcast, Highway 6 West here locally in Oxford. Fill in. Fill up when you uh, head in this weekend during the week. Get some lunch specials, 569s, couple sides, bread. Any size fountain drink, might as well get the large one because it's the same price as the small one. More drink equals uh, equals good there. Clinton and Brookhaven give you the homemade donuts, made fresh every single morning. And, uh, again, up and down I-55 and throughout North Mississippi. And Neil is in the Clark Ford studio. I am Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. Right to the bottom line, no hassle, no haggle. Get your quote. The rest is up to you. You can shop it around. Do what I've done. What I recommend that you do. Let's hop into a Clark Ford today, 662-257-1900. So... Oh, uh, real quick. I think I had mentioned yesterday on the show the dates that we had access and would get original content to you this week. Uh, it has not been finalized, but it's possible tomorrow night is going to a or tomorrow going to a night practice. So just be aware of that possibility that instead of being a 9 a.m. practice, it could be a 6 p.m. practice, which would obviously delay anything from that particular uh, practice. But we get a lot of stuff today. Again, uh, Lane Kiffin selected players starting around two o'clock. And then uh, this morning we'll be out there for whatever we uh, see and can, can relay to you guys at that point. Um, typically, it's good many coaches. It's no, no uh, coaches. Twenty-five players. Oh, no coaches at all. No, no. no. Okay. 
25 players, something like that, typically. I mean, again, just assuming that this thing is as it normally is, maybe even more than that. So we'll see. We'll see what today looks like. We'll get that content to you as soon as possible. Yeah, I think I don't. I'm trying to remember. I don't think I don't think we get any coaches under under Kiffin. Maybe I'm thinking under the former regime. The former the former staffs plural. You got whatever coaches you wanted, pretty much. Um, we get there we is get, a coordinator day for interviews. It's sometime next week. I want to say it's Tuesday of next week. We got. I don't know if we're supposed to. We're not publishing this. We're going to talk about. It. I, I, there's four days, maybe five. No, four days next week that we get access. We get access on Saturday. That'll be the final Saturday we have access until the day of the Mercer game. And then we have pretty full access. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday next week. Yeah. And then I think starting next week, they start to limit our practice access down to the stretching and warm-up lines. Coordinator presser is on Friday, August the 11th. Oh, so it's not till next Friday. Well, that's actually good because that gives a week of practice where you can actually ask some things that aren't just surface level. Yeah, Kiffin available today and then Kiffin available again on Monday and Thursday next week and then coordinators on Friday. Okay. Players tomorrow. Players on Saturday. Okay. Players next Tuesday. And I guess phrases Kiffin and players are Monday, not just Lane. Okay, so that's your. Uh, so we get Kiffin today, and then again on Monday. That is correct. Yes. Gotcha. That is correct. Um, let's start there. Practice uh, this morning again, as you said. There's an acclimation period. They are in uh, just shorts and t-shirts, and they go to shoulder pads, and they go to full pads. There's rules and things Good. to uh, this nature. They are going to check retention. Over these first few days, what do you remember from spring? What's new? Where are you at? What do you have to spend time on that they have picked up or forgotten or whatever? Because even if you do a perfect job of it, you're never remembering everything. It takes a minute to kind of get back into that. You're gauging football shape versus regular shape. It's obviously very, very hot outside. They have to manage that in a number of different uh, different ways as well because those are not the same thing. You can do all the workout stuff as you want over the summer, but football shape is a different type of shape for these guys. So that'll take a little time period. You'll get some cramps. You'll get some stuff and uh, kind of see where it goes from there. I mean, in, in, in all honesty, uh, what what kind of things are you looking for this week, today, Saturday, that kind of thing? Um, mostly on defense, just all the new faces. Um, you know, how many, how many guys does it look like they're trying to sort of truly evaluate? Um, you know, I've heard internally there's some concern about – depth at defensive end does that lead them to move some people around or to try some different things um i'm curious to see you know suntering perkins how how quickly they can acclimate him into a a rotation where he's where he's playing does he is, is he forced into something earlier than he's ready or is he so ready that that he forces himself in but we won't know that for a while the first two practices are just helmets and then the next two practices are shoulder pads. So they have to go through four practices before they can have a padded, full padded practice. And then there are limits on how much like scrimmage you can have and stuff like that. And best I can tell, everybody follows those rules. You know, that's that's pretty much followed pretty closely. Um, but yeah, I'm watching for that. Uh, and then obviously the quarterback thing. I mean, it's interesting. 
if nothing else. I mean, I, I, I anticipate Jackson Dart being the quarterback, but I I didn't think it was not noteworthy that Jackson Dart didn't go to Hoover, I mean, not to, to Nashville, um, and that Lane Kiffin didn't just come out and say that. I mean, he has said it's an open competition. We always say Lane is pretty transparent. Well, if he's being transparent, it's a fairly open competition, so I'm curious to see how that sort of plays out over the course of three weeks or so. And then, um, you know, one of the things that we haven't talked a lot about but I'm curious about is can they develop enough running back depth where they are not so dependent on Quinshawn Judkins, who, while he's not built like the rest of us, I'm going to guess that he is made of bones and ligaments and, and such. And, you know, there is there is the potential for injury or overuse or, or whatever. So you've got to um, – I'm curious to see what Riscano looks like. What does Bentley look like a year later? Uh, is there anybody else that can provide some depth at at, uh, at running back? And then, I don't know, that's about it. I mean, just they've got a gazillion new faces in the defensive secondary, sort of how do they piece that together? Yeah, yeah, there's a couple things there. Um, one, especially in these first couple days, uh, there's two positions that are the easiest to at least see something about what's going on. And I, and I mean that not from a deprecating thing to us or like doing the whole media doesn't a football because we don't. But and even beyond that, quarterback and kicking game, simply because you watch people throw the ball and kick the ball, and if the ball goes to the uprights, they're – better goal goals and if it didn't and quarterbacks you see a couple different things you see leadership you definitely see guys taking charge you see how they interact with teammates I think that matters um you see how the ball comes out of their hand you see the health of both guys I mean Jackson Dart's coming off a meniscus issue Spencer Sanders obviously has been struggling with a shoulder problem for a long time now Lane told me um, in Nashville because I asked specifically about Spencer he said he's 100 percent yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, so you've got stuff that's been going on where you watch these guys and you go, okay, well, this is kind of what I feel like quarterbacks look like out there today, and that makes sense. Caden Costa back, assuming the uh, field goal role um, for Ole Miss after Jonathan Cruz did a heck of a job last year for the uh, for the Rebels there. You've got the uh, Caden Davis from uh, Texas A&M that is handling kickoffs almost assuredly, um, probably in the punting competition to some extent. I mean, I don't think he's going to beat out Costa for uh, – kick for field goals but he uh he's in the other part of the kicking thing so i think those are important you know we we sort of disregard some of that special team stuff but with Ole miss and we've covered them for a long time kicking game and then who's handling punts and the ability to catch the football does matter when these things get to it so those are early things and you, you hit it from a running back standpoint we we have not given it the the column inches because everybody talks about judkins and being this guy and this is their bell cow and this is their dude and all that's true but I've got Roscano probably in the top five newcomers as far as needs to be good and needs to be good right now standpoint um, because, yeah, we saw what was going on with Bentley last year. He was banged up, um, looked pretty good in practice, and it never materialized in any way. But there is no Zach Evans. There's no one-two here. So who's going to provide that? What does that look like? How do they go about doing that? How do they manage the load of Quinshawn Judkins, especially early in the season? And you know, I, I think Roscano needs to be a guy who can 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 be an effective SEC ball carrier and whatever that looks like. So, I mean, I want to see what kind of shape he's in, how he moves, because it gets overplayed with a lot of average running backs. I do think in shells and shorts and things, 
you can tell whether a running back has got the shiftiness and the moves to play in the SEC. I, I do think that's one position where we can look at it and go, okay, that, that that's different than what we see or not not see there. Yeah, Especially I'm, when you have Judkins there to compare it to. Yeah, well, I mean, last we, year – I mean, Ole Miss has had even starting running backs in the past. We look at it and go, yeah, that guy, I don't know. Yeah. That's not that's not what, 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 what wins games right now. So there, I mean, last year, beginning of preseason camp, I mean, you could tell Judkins was different. And you, you could compare him to Evans, who you could tell was also different. And yeah. this is in contrast as Dwight says he goes interior OL is my biggest offensive concern. Yeah, I think that's a very valid point, and that's something we have no way to gauge at this point of this at this point of anything. Well, yeah. and, and there is literally no way to talk about how the interior OL nope. is performing in this first two weeks at so, all. So when you read anyone a, who goes, "Hey, that guy really had a big practice," he's lying because it's impossible. Well, that's coming, and that's where and I get in trouble because I make fun of it. They can be in good shape. We can right. go, hey, that guy put on some good weight. We right. do all those things. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. But as far as this dude had a hell of a day, I mean, how, what, why? Well, the, the, the two know. sophomore tackles last season, they were pretty good in the run game. I didn't think either one of them were great in the pass game. Um, yeah. You know, they've, they've, there's got to be a, a step up in that regard, in my opinion, at least. Um, you know, I know Quinshawn, there was a lot of talk about him and improving pass protection. You know, he's he's got that's a, a part of his game that that he's got to develop. And you won't be able to tell those things early. Might not be able to tell those things until Tulane, Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. I mean, here's the deal. They're gonna be three and oh when they go to Tuscaloosa on September the twenty third, and we'll learn a lot that day. I mean, that that's the reality, you know. I mean, that's the fun part of it, is they're I always say it's a scoreboard business. They're going to keep score on those on those games, and when they go to Tuscaloosa and they kick it off, it's going to be zero to zero, and you'll find out a lot. And frankly, I don't no, no coaching staff would approach it this way, but in the back of their minds, they, today is as much about the march to September the twenty third as it is the march to September the second. Yeah, of course. Because it's, I mean, at that point, it gets real, and you either where you're supposed to be or not. Well, I mean, if they lose crazy. one of the first three games, they've got a myriad of problems that we're not discussing right now. That's the reality. If they're not 3-0 and when they go to Tuscaloosa on September the 23rd, something's gone terribly wrong, and we're having a completely different conversation. But come September the 23rd, over the next 15 days, you play – two legitimate title contenders and a program that has been a thorn in your side a little bit. And you've got to navigate those three games. And so you'll find out there's a lot to find out. And by then, and this is the the part of, I think the early part of camp is about building depth, finding out who can help you, who can be part of a rotation, who cannot be part of a rotation. That's why you have to be careful with the whole depth chart thing, because a guy might, be a third team guy who gets a real look with the second unit for two or three days. Might be a second unit guy who gets a real look with the first unit and you think, Oh, he's a starter. But then you find out, well, the first unit guy, either they just decided to give him a a management day off or maybe he tweaked something and they don't want to risk it in early August. Um, And so he's just doing light work or whatever. You got to be careful with that stuff. But you do want to establish depth because the, the the odds are overwhelming by the time you get to say 
the Auburn game after the open date that a handful of the guys who start the season as starters are either going to be banged up or completely out by the time you head to Jordan-Hare and whatever date that is, October 23rd, I think, or something like that. Well, and I mean, that's you know sort of what happened last year. I mean, I thought that, that we, handled it well, we handled it well, and I think it's, it's an overall beat. Nobody went overly crazy was, you know, when Williams got moved to left tackle, and you've seen it a little more and a little more. And for a couple of days there, it was just, hey, throw him out there, see what happens, see if they can whatever. And Ole Miss ended up liking how that looked, Kiffin liked how that looked, and it stuck. Um, so you did. You, you got that look early in things, but then it it, 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 it matriculated into the, the, the real deal as time went on. So, yeah, sometimes it's one thing, sometimes it's another. Uh, and then staying with the skill player thing, because I'll get to defense in a minute. we got plenty of time for all the defensive backs that are on the roster. Um, some semblance of chemistry with all these wide receivers. And what does this look like? Because I've just sort of got this question mark out there from a wide receiver standpoint for me with Ole Miss. Because nobody exactly knows. I mean, there's lots of there's there there's there's ceiling. You know, ceilings are fairly high for some guys. There's possible talent there. Well, there is talent, but you just don't know how it gels together. And you know who that one A guy is. You don't know if Ole Miss has that dude. Because this point last year, we were discussing, hey, can Jalen Robinson be this dude that takes off? And he didn't even play. Like it became a nothing burger over the course of the entire season. Well, and and and, um, and fairness to us. Inside the program, they thought he was the guy that was going yeah, to. Yeah, of course. Yeah, they yeah, yeah, they yeah. thought he was yeah, going to catch 70, 70, 80 balls. I mean, they, they thought he was going to be yeah. a huge part of the offense. They thought Michael Trigg was going to be a huge part of the offense. And, you know, for, for, for different reasons, those guys, you know, Robinson was basically a, a non factor, and, and Trigg, Trigg was nowhere close to the factor that they hoped he would be. Mm hmm. You know, you got Trey Harris, who they like. You got whatever's going on with Zakari Franklin. What is he? You know, he's obviously out right now after surgery. But you've got you got that going on. Um, Jordan Watkins back for year two. I mean, you know, it's the thing that look. I mean, he might be great, and if he is, then it helps business and it helps everything. I'm not rooting against him at all, but I'm in such a wait and see mode mode on Jalen Knox. I just I can't get there until I see it in a, in a real life situation. Um, but he's healthy he's around people were talking about him about him him again in big in, in big terms so Aiden Williams what does that look like I, I think from a wide receiver standpoint just some order to it is important for me this first week or two just kind of what, what 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 does that look like how are they sorting that out who's outside who's inside how are they combining all these things it's a it's a group of capable guys but I have no idea what exactly that looks like and then how does Trigg and Priestcorn factor into that as well? Because, I, I mean, I think we're all high on Caden Priestcorn. Because here's the thing. In the spring, the best wide receiver on that team was Chris Marshall. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't particularly close. You he was 1A. You watched practice and you were like, that's the one dude that other defensive coordinators are going to have to prepare for him. They're going to have to be aware of him. The other guys are good, but he was the guy that, he was the guy that, that lit practice on fire. And like I see someone in the thread say, Trey Harris will be all SEC. Here's the interesting thing with the Trey Harris's and the Zakari Franklin's of the world. They're moving up a league. It is essentially going from double A, triple A to the majors. And so historically and there's not a lot of history because it's only been a couple of years but historically that jump has led to some struggles because it's day in day out you don't you don't get the game against Louisiana Lafayette 
you 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 play you you play dudes week after week after week. It's the grind of it um, that that sometimes catches guys, and then sometimes guys come up, they thrive. Then there's a, a scouting adjustment, and they have to adjust to the adjustment, much like a baseball player. It's pretty similar, and so. And how much of that can you accomplish in practice even? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, you get just the day-to-day of facing corners and prints every day, and you go, okay, well, let's learn some things. Let's figure what this looks like. Yeah. Um, How much of that can happen? The good thing for receivers is that they are going to face some pretty good corners every day. I mean, uh, you know, Walton played at Georgia Tech. He's played in the ACC. He's played against SEC schools. Uh, Obviously, Prince, I thought DeAndre had a really good year last year playing in the sec clearly there's some other guys that are that are that way so they are going to go against sec dbs on a regular basis which will help prepare them but like i thought that was a problem for robinson last year it even at a place like ucf i think you can take plays off mm-hmm. sec level well and i mean it's and, hard and again, to do that. jackson Dart's throwing the ball you got plays around you this is not an apples to apples thing trey harris last year he uh they opened up at missouri he had uh five catches 27 yards on 13 targets uh against clemson he had uh four catches 56 yards and seven targets um that is the only those are the only power five games that he uh he played last season he had 126 yards against utep he had um 129 against north texas and 157 against middle tennessee to uh, to lead his season there. Yeah. So. Yeah, this is not a knock yeah. on not a knock on Trey Harris. I mean, I'm a I'm a Rustin boy. I'm, I'll be I'll be curious <laughs> yeah. to see how how a Louisiana Tech guy does. Um I I grew up going to Tech games. I have an affection for Tech. I I I could sing their fight song right now. Um Ooh. Oh, easy. I mean, I could Go hum ahead. it. I don't know the words, but I, I could hum it. Um I'm not going to do it here. There's, there's no problem. Come on. It it goes dun 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 and then I don't know the rest of it. But anyway, I would know it when I heard it. I was like, "That's tech." And I mean, I'm curious to see how he does because I think a lot of those kids from from a lot of the kids that end up at Louisiana Tech are often kind of late bloomers who could have played at a higher level. Um, so he's gonna it's gonna be interesting, but there is going to be an adjustment to going. You know, I'll use the baseball analogy again. When when you play double A, you're playing pretty high level baseball, but every pitcher you face is not a major league pitcher. Is that fair? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. When you get called up to the White Sox or the Guardians or the Royals or whatnot, every pitcher you face is a, is a major league pitcher. There aren't many breaks. Mm-hmm. Maybe no breaks, and so sometimes there's that the adjustment kicks in. Continue uh, this conversation a second. First, I'll tell you about the uh, men's basketball renewal deadline coming up on August 31st. Renew or purchase now to be in the priority seat selection process. Men's and women's basketball tickets may be purchased at OleMissTicks.com. And the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation is starting their pledge per win and pledge per touchdown campaign for football. You can go to Give2Athletics, that's T-O, Give2Athletics.com to sign up today. Do you hate losing games? Do you hate losing players? Do you hate paying for your insurance? If you said yes to those questions, Davey Ferris can help. Davey's partner with the Grove Collective will be donating 20% of all commissions, 10% of all renewals on both personal and commercial insurance policies. Davey can service customers in all 50 states. He's dedicated to making sure Ole Miss Athletics succeeds 
in this era of college sports. Contact Davey Ferris at 214-715-7247 or via email at dferris at hillcoinsurance.com. Are you retiring soon? How long should you wait to take Social Security? What accounts should you pull for? Pull from first. Already retired? Should you consider Roth conversions? These are some of the questions that can only be answered with a personalized retirement income plan. Andrew Sego with Sego Wealth Management specializes in helping folks just like you come up with their retirement game plan. Whether you meet at his office in Collierville or you prefer Zoom from anywhere, schedule a free discovery meeting. See what they can do for you. It's rebelsretire.com. Stress out about the Rebels, not your money. Again, rebelsretire.com. Brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. Different names, but the same great people, products, and services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, Batesville, call Comer 662-801-1777. If you live in Memphis, Hernando, South Haven, that area, call Southern 662-429-4429. A-Stocks, a Nashville-based online retail company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. All items start at just $1. That's right, $1 is the retail value, no matter what the retail value may be. So shop now at astock.bid, download their app, name your price on thousands of items from big-name retailers. Uh, they got locations in Nashville, Memphis, and other places that are coming soon, so they offer local pickups, so don't miss out. The College Corner, coming to Oxford here very soon. Newest location will be in the Oxford Commons right off of Sisk Avenue. They'll have more than 4,000 feet, square feet of the best Rebel gear. They'll have plenty of parking available. Their uh, staff will have you in and out, ready for the Grove in no time. It's opening in mid-August, so uh, check out the website, collegecornerstore.com. You want to get ready for uh, the Grove and tailgating and all those things, make sure you have your game-changer patches ready to go. They're the only two-patch system available in the market. Stop hangovers before they start. The warm-up patch. Used before or while you drink, the overtime patch used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. The all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game and ready for your next play. Go to GameChangerPatch.com, promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. And speaking of the Grove, you want to have your um, sock game ready to go. It's Dead Soxy, best socks you'll ever put on your feet. DeadSoxy.com, promo code REBELGROVE. Get 25% off all non-licensed products at Dead Soxy. Podcast is brought to you by GM Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area and they offer MedScene. If your prescription is the same day each month, take care of you. They'll also help you transfer your medications. You make one phone call, they handle the rest. That's GM in Oxford or Tyson Drugs in Holly Springs. That's 662-236-2222. Uh, this defensive side, defensive backs, as you mentioned, um, so many new names. I mean, just tons of guys. Pete Golding taking over as defensive coordinator. Uh, how do you sort this defensive backfield? I mean, what are you even sort of looking for over the course of these seven to ten days? And then also with Golden's management style. We saw it in the spring, but, I mean, does that, you know, differ or change any as we get into preseason camp? Uh, I, I just – I'm hoping that uh, the Ole Miss media relations staff is passing out rosters. I mean, there's so That's many a valid question. Yes, there's so many new guys. I mean, if I'm if I've got it, the count correct, then I might be off one, but I've got it at 16, 16, 16 transfer portal guys on, on defense. That's before you talk about Perkins and new guys coming in. It's just so many new faces. And so I can't help but think that that tells me and I'll ask Pete Golding this uh, next week, but it tells me that Pete Golding got here 
looked at the roster, went through spring, and went, nope. Nope. This won't work. And We need more dudes. We need different dudes, more dudes. That's what it tells me. And here's what I'm interested we in. We need dudes. Here's what I'm interested Period. in with Golding. I think Golding's a terrific coach, and I think if you go back and look at what he did at UTSA, it it there's there's precedent here that if you're an Ole Miss fan, should make you feel pretty good. But the last few years, the risk of pissing people off. This is I'm going to use the NFL draft as my resource. I think that's fair. Do you? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. He has coached a ton of high level NFL players. And now he's coming to a place where at least, look, I think they're going to recruit him, but I don't know how many high-level NFL players are on this defense right now. And is that an adjustment for him? Think about it last year. He had Will Anderson, top five pick, I think. He had had, um, Henry Toa Toa, who went second, third round. Um, Dallas Turner. Yeah, Turner, who is projected as a first-round pick. Uh, he had the battle kid in the – I think Jordan Battle is his name. I always thought he was a, just an absolute beast. He went in the draft. Um, he's, he's coached so many high-level NFL draft picks at Alabama. Now you have to adjust as a coach to a different level of talent, at least for now. Obviously, the goal is to recruit that kind of talent. I get it. Um, so I, I'm, I'm curious to see how much of an adjustment that is for him – not in a spring, because in spring, I mean, you get you're installing. You don't have the pressure of getting ready for a game. Um, there's there's no there's a different intensity level. Even if you try to ratchet up spring intensity intensity level, I've never gone to a spring practice anywhere. Not at not at Auburn, Alabama, LSU, Ole Miss. I've been to spring practices at all those places. I've I've never never gone to one anywhere that felt anything like a pr- fall practice. And so now that you're in the fall, what adjustment is what adjustment level is it for him? I had not really thought about it in that context, but I like what you're saying about really UTSA is the better interpretation, at least right now, for what this is going to look like. And it, you know, and I think Golding is interested in, interesting in a couple ways because Ole Miss fans obviously excited about having him makes sense. Um, I, I definitely get that excitement level. And he cut his teeth there at UTSA. He was a name years back as a coordinator when he was coming out of UTSA that Ole Miss was considering and this up-and-coming coordinator guy and got all these Mississippi roots. He's obviously done a nice job in recruiting to this point. And as much as you can, I don't, I don't know if an SEC level, a national level, I don't even know how to really categorize it. He sort of lost some name value and is at Alabama because they weren't just this, oh, my God, dominant defense every single season that looked like it did in the past. But in some ways, it's unfair to him because offense has changed. What we consider dominant and what we consider good is no longer the same thing. And look, Georgia took over. Georgia had by far the best defense in the country. They changed the curve and the standard and all those things from what a defense has been the last couple of years. But Alabama wasn't bad defensively. Alabama did things effectively defensively. Alabama did a lot of things to win football games and manage the way that offense-defense you know, ratio needs to operate. I, I think 
it's just kind of incredible a little bit because Alabama fans got frustrated with him. But I think they probably were getting more frustrated with the changing of the game and the way Georgia had done more than actually with Pete Golding. I think I think Golding has a really good opportunity here to improve Ole Miss, to do things, to to enhance his own personal resume and sort of identity again through through college football because you, you watch it and it's just kind of crazy where he's become this lightning rod that's I, I guess indicative of the internet in some ways is what we do with every damn thing is oh god look he didn't do this at Alabama and that means this or no 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 it meant this and it's whatever and he's just a chance to kind of settle in here and be a really good defensive coordinator I think that he got trapped a little by the changing of the times yeah I think so I mean the story and I, I believe it to be true is that when he was at UTSA and Nick Saban was looking for a defensive coordinator he flew him to Tus- called him said he wanted him to come to Tuscaloosa that day Mm-hmm. flew him in uh, they sat down did the whiteboard thing and Saban basically wouldn't let him leave until he had a commitment from him well I mean look I kind of trust Nick Saban as it pertains to football Saban has told people he was the best interview he's ever had on a whiteboard yeah so you know I again I, I think Nick Saban's a fairly decent football reference um you know he's not he's not Saban's a good football reference probably a really good sign. And so, I mean, I, I don't think this is a, an assignment that's going to to overwhelm Pete Golding. I'm just, you know, when you've had that kind of talent, game playing differently with those kinds of players. You know, you, you, you don't have to be as creative. And then here's the other thing, too, is that one of the things that I'm curious about this whole season, and not just with Ole Miss, but kind of with everybody, is while you're, coaching and playing this season a lot of what you have to be thinking about in the back of your mind because you're human is hey who of these guys can really help us in 2024 when the landscape has changed when we're playing for a playoff bid not four playoff bids but 12 playoff bids because there's a big damn difference from four to 12 in terms of being in the race for a, a spot in the playoff Big difference. Big. I mean, obviously, duh. But I mean, it's huge. It will. It will completely change the way that 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 teams prepare for games. It will completely change the way that coaches approach a schedule. It's going to change the way we cover things, because now the when you lose a second game, now you're out. You're out. I mean, it's conceivable, right, that Ole Miss could be a really good team. Lose a close game at LSU, lose a close game at home against, I mean, lose a close game at LSU, at Alabama, lose a close game at home to LSU, and and not really ever have a shot to get back into the mix. That's that's perfectly conceivable. Stop me if you think I'm wrong. Yeah, you could be 10-2 and two and out of it by September. Yeah, I mean, yeah, literally, September 30th, you could basically be eliminated. Well, you're on the fringe, and maybe you could talk yourself into it. A year from now, 10-2? and two? You're in. In. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. And there's a complete difference in that. So I do wonder if this is a season with all these DBs and stuff with young guys that if in the back of your mind you're thinking, okay, who can help us next year? Who can we build around for next year? Who who can't help us where we have to replace them for next year? I don't think you'll get any coach to admit that on the record. And I'm not even sure that off the record they'd even think that way. But I do think subconsciously it's something that I think you're you're not just building for now. You're 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 really trying to build for a completely different era in college football that begins in twelve months. I'm looking this up because I, I think this is not necessarily the perfect time for it. And we'll talk about this a ton as the season goes on, but expectations for the different uh the different units for everything involved with this and Got a thing, a CC Simon in the thread says Golden needs to deliver a top SEC defense this year and have a good game plan against Bama to earn his check. Top SEC defense, I get, is a is not a specific term there, but you just need to see improvement, whatever that improvement is. I mean, I, I think if you're setting a standard that oh, Ole Miss has got to have a top three SEC defense, you're leaving yourself for a lot of room for being upset, and it's not necessarily a fair thing. I don't know where that stands, but. I think that you're looking at statistically be better and use your eyes to know whether things are better and more cohesive and all the way around. I mean, Ole Miss last year in total defense was 75th in the country. 75th. Yeah. So it's not, I mean, there's a long way from 75 to 15, I guess is my point. here. Yeah. They allowed 387 yards a game last year. And now, again, I get they run a lot of plays, so I mean, we find scoring. I, I get that's not exactly the perfect thing, but point stands either way. I understand that's a flawed stat in some ways because of how many plays on this runs. Yeah. Um, I mean, but if you watched Ole Miss last season, defensively, I think you would have said they were average? Yeah, average. Scoring defense, they were 57 last year. 
I mean, the word that comes to mind when you say, hey, what, what kind of adjective would you describe Ole Miss's defense last year? Mine would just, they were, they were okay. I never watched them and thought, they suck. And I never watched them and thought, that's a dominant defense. They, they're they're going to go, they're going to go just, just lock people down. I mean, they're not going to be a top 15 defense this year nationally. They're just not. I mean, so if that's the expectation, you, you, and that's you, almost impossible <laughs> given their offensive scheme, too. I mean, it just is. It's not, yeah, but, not but the, the but I mean, top, go back and look at the top 15 defenses last year and, and, and tell Cut me, the, they allowed 25.54 points per game. Cut the points per game to, I don't know, 22, 22, 23, 22. Yeah, sure. Go from, I think that is a very capable, Bar grinds his top eight in the SEC. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I. If you allow twenty-two points per game, you are thirtieth in the country. If you told me that at the end of the season, LSU allowed twenty-two point oh seven points per game last year. Yeah. If you told State allowed twenty-three oh eight. If you told me at the end of the season that Ole Miss was fifth in the SEC in total offense. And seventh in the SEC in total defense, I would tell you that they won eight or nine games. Mm-hmm. If you told me that they're sixth in offense and ninth in defense, I'd tell you they won seven games. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean that's kind of where it is. And then if you told me that offense fell off and defense was abysmal, I'd be like, oh wow, they 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 had the they took the step back. Not ideal. season. They lost. Yeah. They went six and six. You know, I, 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 but I mean, the whole, hey, they have to have a top defense this year. That's, that's an unrealistic goal. You don't, you don't go from 75th to 15th in a year. That's, that's not realistic. That's pie in the sky stuff. I don't know that they're, I don't know that they're just talented enough up front to have that sort of dominance. Now, that doesn't mean they're not good, but you look at, Power five teams that finish in the top ten in total defense, top fifteen in total defense, almost without fail. I'm guessing there there's an elite star up front, and I don't know that Ole Miss has an elite star up front. They have good players, and they have guys that can be really good players, but they don't. I don't know that there's anybody up front that's a first round NFL draft pick. going to get to players in a second as we will talk to some today and whatnot i mean it said in the stream i think i agree i mean if you're hinging that on importance and two or three guys who are they cedric obviously on defense yeah yeah yeah. Pegues. i mean they need a guy like monty montgomery to be good i i think it's i think it's more general than that I, I think it's up front you have this this pool of players and you need a couple of them to emerge as very good SEC defensive lineman. Not not necessarily elite, but very good. Um, I think you can get away with, because they've done it, I think you can get away with just solid linebacker play. Um, I think one of the corners has to be a lockdown guy who forces offensive coordinators to scheme differently. And then, look, you need a dude at safety. You you need somebody that's that's just a beast back there. And they've got a pool of players to choose from. Someone could emerge. I mean, that, that's iron sharpens iron and all of that stuff. There's, there's truth to all that stuff. There's reason that those cliches hang around. 
but that's what you need. You have a pool of defensive linemen. You need you need a couple of guys to emerge. As here's the thing on the preseason All SEC thing, one player from Ole Miss made it. Now this is media, and I, I get media as a collection of idiots. It's fine. At the end of the season, if the only player that makes first, second, or third team All SEC is Quinshawn, I will tell you that the season didn't go well. I think if you only have one guy on the list, the ceiling for that is seven and five. Agreed. If you tell me that Ole Miss is a nine and three, somebody else got to be good. I mean, like, yeah. It is what it is. If you tell me that Ole Miss went nine and three, I'm going to tell you that. I'm going to tell you that Jackson Dart probably made the list. That one of the receivers probably made the list. That they probably had an offensive lineman that made the list, and that defensively, there's at least two, three guys that made second or third team All SEC. Yeah, something. Yeah. I think I'm about that. So. All right, a couple more uh, things on that coming out of the break. First, Prom Shrimp, promshrimp.com. Seven different flavors available for you. Everything from the uh, signature and the New Orleans-style barbecue to the lemon crack pepper. It's a great versatile option as well. Throw it on a salad, have a snack, lunch, or take care of dinner tonight with Prom Shrimp. Use code RG. Five pouches or more, and you get 25% off there with a New Orleans-based company giving you restaurant-quality shrimp. Again, that is code RG with PromShrimp.com. Seven South Tailgating has been serving fans since 2009. If you use Seven South Services once, you'll never tailgate in the Grove without them again. They provide a friendly tailgating service like you'd expect at Ole Miss, but a level of professionalism and reliability like you'd expect at a professional sporting event. The people at Seven South, uh, they, they can get you set up for single games, for just conference games, for an entire season plan, no matter how complex or simple you want your tailgating to be, uh, they can hook you up. Kyle Thornton and those people, Ole Miss grads, they live in Oxford. They're personally committed to uh, taking care of their customers and customer service on game day. You can learn a lot more about them at 7southtailgating.com. Get in touch with them. Make sure you tell them that you heard about 7south here on the Oxford Exxon podcast. We're also brought to you by Pinnacle. They're based in Jackson, Mississippi. They've got clients in more than 20 states, advisors in multiple states. They provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and much, much more. Uh, At Pinnacle, investing is treated like a commodity. Decisions are made using objective information and research, not emotions. Check them out at mypinwealth.com. We're also brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. Get in touch with John. Tell him what trip you're thinking of. Maybe it's a holiday trip. Maybe you're already thinking about next summer. That would be smart. Take advantage of some prices that are out there. Give him some parameters. Give him a budget. Let him give you some options. And know this, you don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of his services. 901-494-3387 or send him an email at jedwards at regencytravel.net. Speaking of holidays, If you're already kind of planning your Christmas party, your company dinner, a festive party event, don't forget about OPA. It's Oxford's newest Greek restaurant on the square. It's the perfect place for that. They can accommodate up to 200 guests, fabulous food, great craft libations as well. For catering or booking information, contact Jeannie at 601-421-7147. And we're brought to you by Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency. They've been connecting great job opportunities to candidates since 1967. If you're looking for a job, they can help you across the board. If your company is looking to hire quality, hard-to-find talent, they can help you as well. It's always free for the candidate, 
And as a company, you don't pay until you hire someone that service specialist sent. So give Will, Sydney, or Kelsey a call, 662-832-5138, or check out their new and improved website, servicespecialistltd.com. Heavenly Sunshine has Christmas on their mind to kick off Christmas in July. When they're now in August, they're announcing holiday lights by Heavenly Sunshine. Christmas lights are beautiful. They can be a lot of work. Let them take care of the hassle and do it for you with a full-service installation plan. Take down and even store the lights, commercial-grade LED lights, 100% customizable to your home or business. They take care of the lights. You take care of everything else. Book your free estimates through August 31st. You mentioned MPW 10 for 10% off. Mid-South for four decades. That includes Oxford. They also have their power washing, soft wash, roof cleaning, and much more. So that's heavenlysunshine.com, 662-342-1203 to book your estimate. You can get back into Ole Miss in a second. Um, but question there, or Sammy mentioned it earlier, and I've seen a ton of this. You and I talked about it briefly on the show. I don't know if you and Tyler have spent more mileage on it. But Stetson Bennett looking really good in Los Angeles for the uh, the Rams. Georgia, we don't really know. We, I guess we know who their quarterback most likely is. It's back, but you don't know what that looks like. We haven't seen him in game action, action really. Stetson Bennett, a guy that uh, is underrated for sure because of all the talent and the, the game around him. I, I guess this would be considered a hot take, even though I'm not predicting it. I'm just curious. And this shows Georgia's talent level and their high bar when I even say this because it's kind of dumb in a way. But how shocked would you be if I said Georgia went 10-2? and two Stunned. You would be that stunned? Yeah. If quarterback plays bad, you could lose twice. Yeah, I don't think their quarterback play will be bad. I do think their quarterback play will take a step back. I just think they're so much more talented across the board, especially on both lines of scrimmage, than anybody they play. And are you fat and happy after two of them, or is Kirby able to avoid that? Because, I mean, without, I mean, I know this is a crazy sentence. Without Stetson Bennett, they lose to Missouri last year. For sure. So somebody uh, can get you. Yeah, yeah, somebody can get them. Did two people get them? Kind of doubt it. Because um, it would have to be Tennessee and somebody else. Here's the I mean, thing Michael about. This is like one of the three hardest games. Here's the thing about, about Bennett. And Mike Griffith and I have talked about this, and Mike's going to come on. Um, I'm going to tape an interview with him here in the next couple of weeks as we get closer to the season. It's not. The thing with Bennett is media is lazy as hell and you build into a narrative and national media with a couple of exceptions will never change the narrative. The narrative is always established. That's the narrative. By God, we write to that narrative. And so they look at Stetson Bennett and go, you know, he was a community college guy came to, he came to Georgia and they kept trying to replace him. And he's the little engine that could. And that's not really it if you talk to guys like Mike who cover Georgia on a daily basis. It was they never could get Stetson to work the way that they wanted Stetson to work. He was he was um a guy that liked, you know, kind of liked the party, didn't really like school, um, enjoyed the celebrity of being Georgia's quarterback a little bit, and was pretty damn talented. And, you know, when it came time to answer the bell, he typically would answer it. And Kirby is a grinder. Kirby is Saban on the field, not off the field, but on it. He's, he's, hey, every day is practice is supposed to be the most. Tuesday and Wednesday are supposed to be a hell of a lot harder than Saturday. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that, that was his deal. And nobody ever really, who knew him, really questioned Bennett's talent. You don't 
do some of the things that he did at Georgia without being talented. I know he was surrounded by talent, but he still made a lot of plays. I just, I don't know. I, I, I kind of caught myself, and again, I, I agree with you. Again, this is more pod talk than anything else, but we've talked about the quarterback situations in all these places and going, oh my God, it's whatever, whatever, whatever. And then with Georgia, we go, eh, it doesn't really matter. It's like, well, it does matter. I mean, it's not, Oh, maybe the bar's 11 and one and they don't get the playoff. I, mean, I, I don't know. I just, I'm a little hesitant to just do this pencil in Georgia as the national champion right now and marker and then move on from my Sharpie and call it a day. Just, oh no, for sure. I mean, look, I something just, just doesn't feel quite right there. It's just their schedule is just so easy. Easy, yeah. I mean, their hardest game is at Tennessee. They don't play LSU. They don't play Bama. Their probably second hardest game is either South Carolina or Ole Miss at home. Yeah. Games where the odds today would be Georgia minus double figures easy. I mean, if Vegas were to set a line today on Ole Miss at Georgia, the line would be what? Ole Miss minus, I mean, Ole Miss plus 16 and a half. Yeah, I mean, their schedule, UT Martin, Ball State, South Carolina, UAB, at Auburn, Kentucky, at Vanderbilt, Florida, Missouri, Ole Miss, at Tennessee, at Georgia Tech. I mean, how many games would you even... Hard to find a lot of losses in that. I mean, in that deal where you go, okay, which games... What game is a likely loss? I mean, absolute worst case, the world fell apart is 9-3. and three. I mean... And and that's just if... I'm, I mean, I'm saying just catastrophe. Yeah, you're stretching cred- credibility at that point. I am. I know. I mean, I know. you know, I mean... That's my point. I, I, and so by the time they play those games that they, quote, could lose, end quote, the quarterback play. They're also pro- late in the year where there's more time for the quarterback and they have more depth to potentially sustain injuries in the opponent. Yeah, exactly. And they're just loaded everywhere. And to believe Tennessee is some crazy hard game for them, you have to really be believing in one Joe Milton. I mean, you better just... I mean, you are you're you're waving the Milton pom poms. I, I can tell you beyond a shadow of any doubt, this is sourced that Tennessee is a team that very quietly is going to go through this season with their eyes on twenty twenty four. They believe they are positioning themselves to be a true playoff contender in twenty twenty four. So, I mean, if Milton struggles at all, the maybe they. Maybe by that point in the year, it's Nico Amaliva getting a, a little baptism by fire. Well, that's what I was wondering when you said that. I was going, "Hey, is that that's twenty twenty four with Amaliva, right?" They, they love him internally. They look they're better. They're paying him like they love. They him. They are. Well, I mean, listen. There's a kid that's committing to an SEC school in all likelihood in the next two three weeks. Not Ole Miss. His his nil is over two million for three years. So the whole let's make fun of Tennessee for paying. I'm 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 off that train. No, everybody's doing it now. You want to get the you want to get the five star kid. It's 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 close to a million dollars a year. Yeah, 
Ryan says if you'd like to bet on Ole Miss right now at Georgia, you can get that number at plus 19 and a half on DraftKings. Yes, yeah, that's my point. I mean, I would have guessed 16, 17. So, yeah, 19 and a half. I mean, that's – and we're talking about that as one of the – hey, that's a game they could lose. They're so much better than everyone they play. They're, what's their line? Georgia at Tennessee is Georgia minus 10 and a half, 11? Even at Tennessee. Even yeah. there, yeah. So they're a double-digit favorite in every game this season. Well, the only one that they might not be is at Tennessee. Every other game, they're, they're a double-digit favorite. I mean, Ole Miss is is a team that a lot of people are talking about as an 8-4 and four team, right? Ole Miss is a, almost a 20-point dog preseason. Yeah. I and mean, that tells you everything. I mean, when you go through their when you go through their schedule and you tell me the games, I'm like, that's that's not losable. That's not losable. That's not losable. That's not losable. They're one of the few teams in the league that you can say that about. I mean, like in the West, you look at all seven teams and you're like, I don't know, man. There's a handful of teams, including Alabama, really, that you could almost kind of toss in a in a in a in a hat and draw them around. I mean, I I think Alabama's going to finish first or second, but if you told me that Alabama fell to third, I'm not I'm not just flabbergasted i think lsu is going to be really really good i also think there's a chance that everyone's making fun of me by the middle of october for being high on lsu georgia minus eight and a half at tennessee there you go that's the closest line they've got more than a touchdown favorite on the road mm-hmm. which means if that game were in athens they it would be georgia minus well, 12 yeah yeah Whew. i get it um, what theme are we getting today? Are we getting this portal continuity thing? Does Lane even sort of play with those topics since it's actually about his team instead of big picture situations? Like, what are we what what, what are we getting today? I don't know. I'm I'm kind of curious. Line. I'm curious with Kiffin because you know when he first got here, one of the things that endeared him to so many people was we're 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 playing for championships. Don't give me the moral victory thing when we play Alabama close. That's not what we came here to do. Haven't heard as much of that lately. Curious if he dives into that. The goal here is to win a championship. The goal here is to be in Atlanta. The goal here is to play for the title. The goal here is to make the playoff, period, the end. Or is it a lot of portal stuff? Because if it's a lot of portal stuff, I'm going to hear from him that there's a little apprehension about what they've done. And look, they appear to be recruiting high school really hard. Mm-hmm. They appear to be dialing back on the portal as they get closer to 2024. So I'm, yeah, I'm curious. And I don't, that, that said, I don't think Lane Kiffin spends more than five minutes thinking about what he's going to say to local media today. He clearly had. You don't, spent, think he's been, you don't think he's been spending the morning with a with a piece of paper and a pen and trying to get it all worked out. I think it's safe to say that he is not. Um, on the other hand, I think he did put a lot of thought into what he was going to say in Nashville in front of that audience. Yeah. So I mean, I, I he will get frustrated with media today because there will be a lot of personnel questions that he's just not going to answer. But, I mean, it's literally the day for a more specific. It is. It is. The local media has no choice but to ask those questions. What are we going to do? We're going to do another NIL press conference. He just did one two weeks ago. 
I told you, he has to be careful because when you start doing that with local media and it becomes about attendance and NIL and stuff, it looks like you're complaining. Yeah. That's the problem is messaging gets weird when you start doing the big topics that are that where Ole Miss is not necessarily at the top. Because it's not like, oh, wow, you know, because it's, you know, it's a, there, there's always the stock answer. You can always give the stock answer. I'm just really, really proud of what our guys are able to do, blah, 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 blah. And he doesn't really want to do that always. And when you don't do that, it looks it looks weird. It always comes off as well, I mean, look, the in, other way. I mean, internally, last year, I heard some talk about, hey, eyes towards 2024. That was a year they kind of had yeah. targeted, you know. I mean, presumably a third-year starting quarterback, a absolute Heisman candidate running back, two tackles that will be juniors. A lot of experience. They're bringing in a whole bunch of new faces for defense that won't be as new next year. They're they're doing a lot of recruiting of high school kids now that, that I think internally they're excited about. I mean, I think Ole Miss is a lot like Tennessee in that regard. The the no one will say it out loud, but I mean, I think they're one of the handful of programs that looks at twenty twenty four and goes, if we play it right, if we handle if we handle things correctly. We could be a contender to get in a playoff bid next year. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I just don't, I, but I, you I know, but but that's something you cannot say out loud because <clears throat> you'll just get killed. Mm-hmm. No, I'm. I would never ask a coach if he's excited about his team this year. That is that is <laughs> such an inane. He has the because the two possible answers to that are the obvious of oh yeah, very excited, or no, I'm not excited. At which point, you send a message to your team that you can't send in the preseason. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you an example. I I know for an absolute fact that by February, Eric Musselman hated his team last year. He never said that out loud. Now this, this preseason, I read a quote from him the other day where he was talking about, man, this, this off season has been, this preseason summer has been so much different from last summer, which was, his way of saying last his su- way of hindsight saying yeah last summer i knew that i had i had i had a mess you know that's no, no so you might get that from kiffin next year where he goes you know looking back we put too many portal guys we did some of that blah 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 but he can't say that now yeah uh all right Podcast brought to you by Northeast Spark, N-E-S-P-A-R-C. Two packages, the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze, the 1 gig of power of the Clark Ford Studio. Your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's nespark.com, 662-238-3159. Phone service, rental controls, network security, and much more. So you get the best internet in Lafayette County. That's 662-238-3159. Get the beautiful and healthy smile you deserve at Corinth Dental. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative state-of-the-art procedures that will result in a beautiful, long-lasting smile. From routine checkups to advanced treatment, including implants and Invisalign, Corinth Dental is here to help you achieve your smile goals. Schedule your appointment today. Take the first step toward a better version of yourself. It's CorinthDental.com. Are you a displaced corporate executive wanting to put your career in your own hands? Are you an experienced entrepreneur wanting to diversify? Andy Ludeke can help. He owns multiple franchises and businesses and uses his expertise to help others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. So call Andy. Put your life and your career in your own hands. It's 100% free. You've got nothing to lose. Find your perfect franchise at myperfectfranchise.net. 
or contact Andy anytime at Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net or call him at 404-973-9901. Southern Traditions Farm is a 68-acre, 32-stall upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi. They've got two sand rings, a grass ring, miles of wooded trails, so much offered at Southern Traditions, including horseback riding offerings from beginners, to advanced, to being able to compete in nationally recognized competitions. It's also a great venue for uh, events, get-togethers, reunions, whatnot. Get in touch with them on Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm. So uh, let's see. This last segment as we uh, move into this, just quickly because we mentioned it for a while yesterday, The um, sources, our sources are saying the Pac-12 does have a media deal in front of them, and it basically sucks it is um apple it is a streaming carrier as the primary media rights deal for the pac-12 in its current iteration um there are two different parts of it one of them depend one of it from a revenue standpoint depends on if fox and espn jump in as a uh, a secondary partner if they're able to put money into it either way but all sorts of saying it is far below the 32 million or whatever it is from um ESPN and Fox to the Big 12. And it also was sit, it's sitting in some sort of almost prorated way because you don't know what schools are going to be in the league or not in the league at that point. Arizona with another board meeting yesterday. Arizona State could get pushed into that. Utah could end up with them at that at that point as well. I mean, it was it was just one more sign of a death knell to the Pac-12 yesterday. I mean, it was, it was, it was, if you're counting on Apple and streaming and only get, get, get gaining subscribers, this is, you know, look, there's some gamble in Messi and the whole MLS thing. This is that times 7,000 right now. Just, a, just abysmal. It's over. Uh, Dellinger's got a really good story out today. Um, yeah, I read it. Uh, Kliakoff or whatever, how you say his name. He butchered it. Um, leadership matters. He butchered it. Got completely played by the Big Twelve. One hundred percent. Um, and just was arrogant. He was the Big Twelve commissioners actually done all the job. Oh, he's done a great job. Look, he did. He did. He, he did the thing that's hard to do sometimes. You know, I mean, especially for guys, because I mean, like, this isn't a problem for me. It's a problem for a lot of guys. I was I was laughing at something. You know, guys typically, you know, they'll go out and it was a joke that I saw. A guy will go, you know outside and walk out his front door and go yes yeah, she wants me i mean you know I, I mean that's just arrogance the big 12 guy he knew york yorkoff is how you say his name brett whatever yeah he knew right away hey we're not going to be the sec and we're not going to be the big 10 we're not going to be in the power two the moment texas and oklahoma left he knew that so he said what can we be okay we can be third now to do it we got to be aggressive Got to get a seat at the table. I might as well. I, 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 I've got. I cannot act like I'm competing with them. That's not who I'm competing with. I can't win that game, but I can be third. And hey, they're on the precipice of putting together what's going to be a pretty respectable league. It's going to be a damn good basketball conference. The league's going to be fun in football, and it is not out of the realm at all that they get two playoff teams a year. No, not out of the realm of a possibility at all. And I'll tell you this, and it's it'll be a topic on Hand Raise Guys Thursday night. I'm doing an ACC preview, and I talked about the ACC. It's over. It's just a matter of time. It's And it's not – they're not going to make it to the finish line. There's too much – too many people are antsy. 
and they're watching this Big 12 thing and going, wow, they're passing us? And the answer is yes. They are absolutely passing you. And ESPN's hemorrhaging money. At some point, ESPN's going to look at this ACC contract and go, you're not even worth what we're giving you. It's on the board this morning. Florida State uh, board member, quote, we have a very good handle on what our risk and opportunities are under that document. I'm about to get out of the deal. Yeah, That's the least of my worries. That will not be the document that keeps us from taking action. No, they're they're out. They're out. August 15th, the deadline for movement for 2024. If you're gearing toward 2025, this is just going to keep brewing every day and every week for the foreseeable future. I could be wrong here because I'm, I'm not covering it. I'm not super dialed in. I don't think it happens in the next 13 days. Mm-hmm. I do think it happens in the next 378. Right. Yeah. That's kind of what, yeah, for 25. That's what makes sense to me too. I, I think that. I think that those schools are going to observe the buildup to the 2024 season and go, this doesn't work. Yeah. No, I agree with that. And, 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 you know, Clemson, for example, and you'll hear this in, in Henry's guys Thursday, Clemson just believes, and they're probably right in fairness to them. They just believe they're better than this. They just believe they belong in something bigger than that. They're at the wrong table. I mean, they just believe the cafeteria going and, and in fairness to them, they're right. I mean, if I tell you, if, if you tell a Clemson, if I tell you Clemson's playing Boston college, are you interested? No, but if I tell you Clemson's playing Ohio state, you're watching Clemson's a name brand. Uh, Austin, thanks for the super chat. Any chance Memphis gets in the big 12? Uh, no. Memphis is probably one of the schools that would be smart to be reaching out to what's left of the pack, whatever it is, because they're going to try to put something together to make something off this Apple streaming thing. Yeah. What a colossal disaster. The truth is, and we know we've known this was coming for a long time. There's, there's just not enough interest. When, when we make this about a 12 team playoff and ultimately about a 16 play 16 team playoff, that's going to be the only storyline that really resonates nationally. And mm-hmm. so you're going to watch Big Ten, and you're going to watch SEC, and you'll watch some Big 12. And I don't know that there's room for a fourth league. Maybe the yeah. leftovers from the ACC and the leftovers from the Pac-12 do some flyover thing with divisions. I don't know. It's not going to be yeah. – no one's going to be interested in Wake Forest, Oregon State. No. Yeah, ACC currently around twenty million. So, well, and that's twenty. Right. Hold on, but as, as we I, we got to go, yeah. but that's twenty million with those schools. Yeah, correct. Yeah, that's what I mean. If, Even now, they're behind what that Big Twelve package is. If you with those teams, yeah. If if you take away Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, or Washington, Oregon, it, it goes from twenty to like eight. Yeah, it's over. I mean, they're done. I mean, look, every there's not room for everybody. That, that was the whole deal, and you either saw that as it was happening or you didn't, and it's why when people go, the ACC is going to make it. No, it's not, because those schools look at it and go, there's a chance that the media rights for the Big Ten and the SEC by 2030 are like $100 million a year, and you're sitting at 30? Yeah. Won't work. No, you're out. 
All right, stuffrebelgrove.com throughout the day. Again, we have practice this morning and then uh, Kiffin Employer starting at 2 o'clock this afternoon. Back with you with another podcast tomorrow. Again, as of now, we believe that the uh, practice on Thursday is going to be a night, but we have not been given 100% clarification on that. So we'll let you know in all the ways that we can do that when we know for sure. So thanks for jumping on the stream this morning a little early. We'll be back with you again tomorrow.